the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. So today, I want you to understand the theme of this homily. All of our life needs to be to revolve around union with Christ. All our life needs to revolve around our union with Christ. And in the text, we see this uh, wonderfully demonstrated. The Lord is uh, in the midst of a crowd, and a woman comes to touch the hem of his garment, and she says, power has gone forth from me. We hear, too, uh, grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. So we see in the gospel text and in the epistle the importance that we are connected to Christ and we live in this connection with Christ. In the baptismal service, here's what we declare happens when we're united to Christ in the baptismal waters. Redemption, sanctification, purification, the loosing of bonds, the remission of sins, illumination of the soul, regeneration, renewal, adoption, incorruption, life eternal. Now you have a choice to live in that or live in the world. That's the new man and the world is the old man. You can live in that baptism, reality. We tend sometimes, and maybe for me, at least most of the time, not to do that, right? We live out in the world. We live in the concerns and cares of this world. In union with Christ in baptism, we can live in that unity with him. Redemption, sanctification, purification. So I want to kind of focus on that and how we kind of move forward with that. We, we ask, may ask the question, how can we do this? St. Hezekiah, the priest, says this, Let your soul then trust in Christ. Let it call on him and never fear, for it fights not alone, but with the aid of a mighty king, Jesus Christ, creator of all that is. So who fights with you? Jesus Christ, the mighty king. You have a mighty king fighting with you. You're not excited. I just, this, is, this blows my mind. A mighty, eternal king who holds the universe together is fighting with you to live the Christian life. You're still not excited. That is, that's the reality that God says, live in this reality. Live here. So how do we do this? One is this beautiful phrase the Lord, uh, St. Paul says, I glory in the cross uh, to be crucified the world. The world is crucified to me and I to the world. Okay, so how do we, we kind of negotiate that part of our, our Christian life? That we die to the world. Because there's a great story of a, a young monk comes to his spiritual father and asks the question, how do I die to the world? He says, okay, I'll tell you what. I want you to go to the cemetery. You know the old monk that's buried there? I want you to go and I want you to praise him. 
I want you to say everything that you know about him that's good and praise him and praise him and praise him and over just praise him so much and you come back and talk to me. He says, well, you pray. I did. I, Father, I went and praised him. And he says, well, how did he react? <laughs> he said, he didn't react. Okay, now I want you to go back and I want you to curse him. I want you to say everything bad you know about him and everything. Even things he didn't do, you tell him bad things. You come back and talk to him. He says, now, comes back, he says, well, what did he, how did he react? He did nothing. That's how we're to be, right? Praises and curses, we just let them roll off our backs, right? We're crucified, the world is crucified to us and us to the world. We so react to those things. We so to react to that stuff. React to praise or cursing, right? We act, we act that way. Let's just allow yourself to be neutral. Allow yourself to be neutral. In Christ, fighting with you is the mighty king. Uh, and then he says in the epistle again, peace and mercy be with you all. So this helps us to understand when we live in this peace and mercy in Christ that we are to be, to be raised with the help of the prayers of the saints to be raised above this world's confusion. You, you know, listen to the radio, turn on, look at your cell phone, or turn on the TV. You know what's out there? Confusion. You know, CNN, Fox, CNN, Fox, right? Back and forth, back and forth. Confusion. You know, we need to be concerned about the world, and we need to pray for the world, but we don't need to be caught up in that confusion that pulls us down into it. We need to be raised above the world's confusion so we actually have an impact in our prayerful life into the world. So, how should this, then, effort affect our life daily in the things we say and do and think? For to live in Christ, how do we negotiate that? So let me begin by reading uh, uh, beautiful verses from uh, Colossians 3, 12 to 17. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put, ten, put on tender mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also you must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and to be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So, in everything that you do, or everything, every word you say, you do it unto Christ. So this is kind of our reference point. Christ is our reference point in regard to the things we say when we're, when we're speaking something to someone we should kind of put the words that we're going to say next to Christ. And does it make sense to say them? 
right? So we need to understand that we have this button that we can push. It's called the pause button. Pause. Turn inside and listen to what Christ is saying to you. Should I say it? How should I say it? When should I say it? Should I say it at all? Right? Pause. We, have, we tend to push the send button all the time. Send. We send it without turning inside first. Think about it. Just turn into Christ. Put the words you're going to say next to him and allow that to make sense. Do all things in the name of Christ. Say everything in the name of Christ. So get used to pushing the pause button. I remember one time I was with Metropolitan Joseph. And somebody asked him a very difficult question that could go a lot of different directions. You know? so I remember he sat there for like a minute and a half before he spoke. And then he said just a few words. And I'm sure everything in his mind, he went through everything in his mind and said, nope, don't say that, 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 don't say that. Okay, say that, but say it this way. Boom. See? Pause button. We've got one. Turn to Christ. Let your words sit next to him. Then they make sense. When they come out, you say them in the name of Christ. We should say everything in the name of Christ. So critical for us. Um, so when we do this, we find that our loves will be, our words will be merciful, kind, humble, meek, long-suffering, and we'll bear with one another. We'll forgive each other. These are the things that when we put our words next to Christ, that begin to make sense that way. And so we say everything in the name of Christ, but we're to do everything in the name of Christ. So I want to ask you a question. At work, who's your boss? Who's your boss? Who's your daddy? Who's your boss? Jesus Christ, right? <laughs> I was thinking, when I was doing this, I thought, I, I worked at the university uh, when I was going to school there in the, in the, the gardening departments out there at the, on the grounds crews. And one summer we had this great job, and this friend of mine that I was working with, this is the exactly how, what not to do. So this is the example of what not to do. So he got a hold of this book he couldn't put down that night, and so he brought it to work. And, and I said, what, you're not going to read that here. He said, oh, yeah, I'm going to read it. I can't put this thing down. So he takes a rake, and he goes and hides behind a bush, and he starts reading the book. It was the greatest thing. And these painters, these painters started coming up to the side of the building. I'm watching this. I'm going, this is going to be great. He comes flying out of there with his rake like this. God was not his boss that day. That book was his boss, right? With boss, you know, when the boss is gone, we play, right? No. Christ is our boss. He's the boss at our home. He's the boss at our work. He's the boss everywhere. We do everything in the name of Christ. 
very important that we kind of keep that. In your home, is Christ the primary residence? You know, because he's present there all the time. You know, it's interesting. I remember when we were first becoming Orthodox, there are some cultures that when people come into your house, they don't greet you first. They go to the icon of Christ and greet him first, and then they greet you. I'm not telling you to do that, but it just shows you the, 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 the importance of the presence of God in the home. He's there. Everything that we do in that house is done in front of him, in his name. The way we speak, the way we treat each other, the way we behave individually, it's in Christ, in the name of Christ. Other cultures, this is a great practice, actually. At the dinner table, they set a place for him. Pretty neat, right? A place for Christ. At the table. So we do everything in the home in the name of Christ. And you yourself are a temple of the Holy Spirit. How you treat yourself, what you... What you do, how you eat, right? How you care for your body, how you care for your mind, how you care for your soul. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. We have to kind of keep that in, in the right place for us. Okay. So everything we do and say, we do in the name of Christ. Turning to him first because we, we, we live in union with him and outward from there. So this last thought is... If we do and say everything in the name of Christ, we must be thinking everything in the name of Christ. So let me read these words from 2 Corinthians chapter 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God in pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, into captivity to the obedience of Christ, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when our obedience is fulfilled. So this idea of bringing your thoughts next to Christ, bringing them into captivity to Christ, there's a great, um, and I want to encourage you with these things. Father Zacharias from the monastery in Essex, England, who is a spiritual child of Father Sophroni, who is a spiritual child of St. Silouan. Um, one of their great efforts spiritually is to turn emotional energy into spiritual energy. You have emotional energy? You have, you've got a lot of emotional energy, right? You can turn that into spiritual energy. This is really a critical piece for us to understand how this can be done. So, when we are emotionally affected by our weakness. I'm weak. I'm weak. And you can turn that emotion into despair, right? Or you can say, I will love you, Lord, my strength. You're my firm foundation, my, your, my refuge, and my deliverer. You can take that weakness and turn it to God. I, I will love you. You're my strength, Lord. What you're showing me is that I am weak. But in you, I am strong. You took that moment of weakness and turned it into a spiritual practice. Every time you feel weak, you should turn to God. I will love you, Lord, my strength. You're my firm foundation, my refuge, and my deliverer. You're my strength. Don't let that weakness take you down. Use it. 
That's the goal of this spiritual practice, is to use your emotional energy and turn it to spiritual energy. Food. So I know some of you have been thinking about what you're going to have for lunch. I know that. Because I'm thinking about it. I've thought about it already. So we have this thought that food just shows up in our brain, right? And we're already designing what we're going to do with our day, what we're going to eat, how we're going to eat it, when we're going to eat it. We might have seconds. We create this whole scenario around food. Right? I don't live by bread alone. So you can take that emotion right there and turn it to God. But there's a beautiful saying in the spiritual fathers, let grace be the food for the whole of my life. Lord, I want to chew on your grace. I want to chew on the word of God, right? So you take that emotional energy for food and you turn it into spiritual energy. Somebody offends you. I know that doesn't happen to many of you out there, but I know to some. Offense. As soon as somebody offends you, you should, as the scriptures teach us in Colossians, you forgive them. How do you do that initially? You turn first to thank God that he's forgiven you. Right? If you turn to that offense and look at that offense, it's very difficult to forgive. You need to turn right to God and say, thank you for giving, forgive me for the many things I've done against you. Help me, Lord, forgive this one offense. You see how it can turn that quickly? Lord, forgive me for the many I've done against you. Right? The stack is very high. And you're asking me just to forgive this one. Help me do that. Don't, don't sit there and, and continually focus on that offense. Turn to God and thank him for forgiving you. Judgment. This is just always happening to us. We judge people. You know, we have a choice when we see judgment. We can continue in kind of persecuting that person, or we can begin to pray for them. Because many times God actually gives you a discernment about a situation or a person you need to pray for. And we turn that right into judgment. You know, we should take that and say, Lord, you need, you need to, I, I need to pray for this. So not to judge. We turn judgment, Lord, please take this judgment away and help me to pray for this. Very important we take that and move that judging energy to prayer. And then finally, I know you'll have a lot to worry about, right? No. You have a lot to pray about. Mother Victoria, and one of great, Mother Victoria's great lines is, all your worries should be prayer. You know, it was really interesting the other night, you know, sometimes uh, you, everybody has their sleep patterns. I tend to kind of wake up and I spend a significant amount of time awake. And uh, I had all these worries I went to bed with. <laughs> and I thought about this. I said, hey, let's take all these to prayer. So I spent that little bit of time that I was awake praying. It was beautiful. But rather than sitting there and worrying with that emotional energy, took all that emotional energy, and turned it to prayer. So the worries actually became advantages to me. 
to turn to God and to live in Christ. So may we each in everything we do, say, and think, do all and allow it to revolve around our union with Christ. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.